You're listening to The Tilt Show. Tech in Latam today. The show that tilts Latin American tech to the next level. Next level. From the hottest startups to established businesses and the most up-to-date tips and tricks that surround all aspects of running and operating a tech business today. Here's your host, Niels Siskins. Today I'm talking to Joe Bovino. Joe is a Florida-based American lawyer, and he's going to tell us more about incorporation in the U.S. If you're like me, you might actually think that the only option to incorporate your business is actually in the country where you reside or where your customers are or, you know, it's very limited as to where you should register. Turns out that it's a bit more complicated than that and there's several ways of actually incorporating in the U.S. and there's a lot of benefits including visas. So stay tuned if you want to know more about incorporation in the U.S., the options and everything else. Let's get going. Welcome to the show, Joe. Hello, thanks for having me. All right, excellent. So, Joe, you're currently in Miami. Uh, how long have you been in Miami for? I know Miami well because I lived here for five years, four or five years, 2004, 2008 and a half, something like that. And I, then I lived about 90 minutes north of here for three years. And in June, I came back. I came back to Miami itself. So I know the city well, and, uh, but this is my latest trip here, latest visit to the city, and I plan to stay for a while. Okay, excellent. And um, I know you're a lawyer. Uh, so what kind of lawyers are there and what kind of lawyer are you specifically? Right. Well, I'm a member of the Florida Bar and the California Bar, and my, my specialty, I've done all sorts of things over a long 30-year career, but right now I'm focused on three things, three or four things, uh, helping foreign entrepreneurs to establish themselves in the United States, set up a company, uh, do certain things, whether it's set up an LLC tax-free potentially or a C-Corp or something like that. Also, trademark. I do a lot of trademark work, and uh, a lot of foreign entrepreneurs don't know, but as of last year, they need to hire a U.S. attorney, licensed uh, U.S. attorney to do that in the United States. I also do immigration, and I'm focused on, I do different things there, but I, I love to do the investor visas. And what else? And then just business contracts. I'm a good writer. I've written a couple best selling books, and I enjoy writing, drafting contracts, not all day long, but once in a while. All right. Excellent. So my podcast is listened by a lot of entrepreneurs from Latin America. So, I mean, a lot of the questions that we're raising is from that perspective. So what are some of the benefits to incorporate in the U.S. instead of like, let's say you're from Peru or you're from Mexico. What are some of the benefits to incorporate there? And can anyone just incorporate there in the U.S.? Yes, you can. They can do it. And I think, frankly, not enough entrepreneurs from Latin America do it and they should. I, I talked to a friend in private equity. He said the problem with these entrepreneurs is they don't think north. They don't they don't think to as their business is growing to go to the United States. They look south or they look east or west. And you know, part of what I'm trying to do is to encourage entrepreneurs in Latin America to look at the United States. And, yeah, they can they can set up a, a company whether it be an LLC or a C-Corp, 
and get into business, I do think it's useful uh, to have a uh, attorney and a good U.S.-based tax accountant, tax um, expert on their team. But even if they don't have that, they don't have the money for that, there are ways of getting set up pretty quickly and easily in the United States. And I will just mention one more. I, I alluded to it earlier, but one of the things that I'm seeing with my, it gets to your question about the benefits. Obviously, the United States is a big market, right? So it's a huge market for products and services. We all know that. And it's a great way if a company gets in there and start growing their business, all good. So I'm working with a um, cigar uh, manufacturer, distributor, uh, coming from Latin America right now. He's looking at the United States, right? Big market. So he's going there. Good for him. Mm -hmm. Some of the technology companies, technology marketing, technology consulting, what I see with them is that they are using, looking at the United States as a, a sort of a tax haven and a way to, to collect money from their clients, to pay certain suppliers, pay their employees, all tax-free. In short, what they do is you set up a, an LLC. It has to be an LLC. Uh-huh. And there are special provisions in U.S. law for this. If you're a foreign entrepreneur... And you set up a single member, meaning you're the only member, you're the only owner of your LLC. You set it up properly in the United States and you file the, the correct forms with the IRS and you have a bank account and all that. You can operate tax-free, meaning you, money, money going in and out of your LLC, right? So you're based, the entrepreneur is still in their home country, but they're using a U.S. LLC and a U.S. bank account that goes with that LLC to accept money and, and make payments and that sort of thing. And I find that for a lot of entrepreneurs in Latin America, that's a big deal because the banking system isn't what it should be. I lived in, as you know, Niels, I lived in Colombia for quite some time. I was never happy with the banking system. It's getting a little better, but I just thought, I always thought it was very inefficient. It's horrendous. I could have an entire episode on how inefficient the banking is. I never liked it. And I'm not saying the U.S. banking system is perfect, but it's, it's much more efficient. And then there are countries, so I'm getting some, some business from uh, Argentina. They're having all kinds of problems there with the banks and the government, all in their business. And they're like, oh, just please let me set up an account somewhere where I can you know, have money going in and out. And it can be done privately. In other words, in certain states, they don't reveal who the owners are of the LLC. So it's just the company name there, which wow. can be a big deal if you're worried about you know, the government coming after you for that money. So yeah, so that's what I'm seeing. Uh, I think that whether, if they can, at the right time, obviously, if you're really small and you're operating in Latin America, you're not ready for the US market. But if you're doing well, you're starting to grow. I think either setting up a tax-free LLC just for the money, again, because your clients like it too. A lot of times these companies have clients in the United States or Europe, and they're just more comfortable sending money in to an LLC based in some state in the United States, then to Colombia, for example. For sure. Uh, for- yeah, so that's a benefit. But if the, then there's others that are just ready to grow big time and they, they're not worried so much about the tax-free business. They just want to set up and get to work. And the taxes do not have to be that much of a problem. If your company's set up properly and you have good tax and accounting advice, you can set it up. So even if you're a C-Corp, your taxes are not going to really not going to be that much of a problem as long as you're starting to make money. Obviously, you have the business to support it. Yeah. Okay. So, I, so I do think that more entrepreneurs should look north 
than than I'm than I'm than have been has been happening over the last uh, uh, decade or so. We all have different levels, right? I mean, there's the levels of the Rappies and the Mercado Libres, which are, by the way, a shopping app and a sort of marketplace, right? Right. I mean, I would imagine that all of them have set up C-Corps and LLCs. So at what level or sort of what phase in the, if there's even phases, right? If you're just starting out, would you say that for somebody who's trying, testing the waters, wants to get maybe a, a payment provider, you know, to accept credit cards, would you recommend opening an LLC like straight away? Or is it something that people can do at any time? So Let's say you start off with a Colombian sauce, which is similar to the LLC, and you're going to, let's say, an incubator program, and at some point you figure out, like, hey, look, it's working, but I need to, you know, raise money, for example. So can you just change your incorporation at some point? It's interesting you mentioned the incubator because the private equity guy that I know, he goes down to Medellin from New York, and he meets with different company executives in these incubators. I think he goes to Bogota as well, but I know he likes Medellin. And he's the one who told me they're not looking north enough, which is a real problem. So I don't know. It's a tough one for me. I think that I, if it was me, I would just set up my company in in Latin America, wherever I was, let's say Colombia, wherever. And then look at how the business is going. Is the business making money? What are the problems that it's having? If the business is making money, then I think you, you do want to look at the U.S. as the mark just for the market and start looking at that, you know, getting set up there. But if you're if you're growing and you're not so much concerned about the U.S. market, but you're having problems with your customers in terms of get receiving and sending money and, and you want to and also you're thinking about maybe some tax benefits as you grow, then I think and I do think that a tax free LLC in the United States for a technology corporation, you know, a technology consulting company, that's really what it works best for, by the way. There's lots of different types of companies, but this works best for companies that have a service that's being offered somewhere outside the United States as Got opposed it. to product. Yeah, it works best for that. So like marketing, web development, those kind of services, as well as like pure tech. You mean like having an app, it would work better to have it in the US. Yep. That's All right. right. So what are we looking at in terms of costs, sort of, you know, to get an idea? Because to give you an idea, setting up a, I would say a SaaS in Colombia would cost you somewhere around $500. I mean, if you want to, and that's single member, right? So you need to have, you know, an accountant and lawyer to set up. I think it's been around $500 on it. And then you legally need to have an accountant to file the books for you. That's going to cost you, it depends on the size of the company, but let's say around $100 on the low end per month, right? right. So that's another $1,200 for the year. So let's say testing the waters in Colombia is going to cost you around about $2,000, plus you need to have a bank account and a lot of frustration, which is, you know, I mean, as we just start space, it's, it's not going to be a smooth ride uh, if you no. just start. Out because the bank wants to know what you're going to do. Maybe you don't have the answers yet. I mean, there's a lot of bureaucracy as well, right? So if, if you don't want to pay somebody to to do the paperwork for you, uh, it's going to save you a bit of money, but I mean, it's going to be a lot of frustration. How would that go in the U.S.? And what are some of the good states to go for? 
okay, the expenses are going to be higher than they are in, in Colombia. I know this because I lived there. I also worked with a lot of lawyers there. They just don't charge as much. I'm sure it's the same as it's the same with accountants. The hourly rates are much less and the fixed fee projects are, you know, less expensive. So it is going to cost more, but it doesn't have to be that expensive overall. So, so two questions you had. One was about the cost and the other was about different states to operate in. The costs vary depending on whether you're setting up an actual C-Corp with shares and you're planning to grow and seek investment, right? So new shareholders. I have a company I'm dealing with right now. They're doing that way. They're seeking investors and we have working on some safe agreements and, um, and that's where they're going. So that's, that's just a more expensive way. But it could all work out for them if they get the investment. They're just growing like crazy and that's it. And they're a technology company based in Mexico. So that's one way. And the expenses there for that kind of an operation, C-Corp, you know, looking for investors, growth, it just depends on how that goes. It's a couple thousand dollars, let's say maybe more or less $3,000. I'm just putting an estimate on there to get all set up. But then they have to go about, when they, what about when they get an investor? They got to have agreements with those people. You got to have a lawyer to negotiate with the investors. And so that can get expensive. It's all worth it, though, if they, if it work, if they get the investment there and the, the growth that they're seeking. So the other way is LLCs. LLCs can be are, are less complicated and they're easier to manage once they're set up. Also easier for the lawyer to, to deal with. Um, again, though, it depends on the purpose. If they're looking to grow and they're having contracts, once they get it up, they have contracts with different suppliers and they'll get expensive because you're doing all those contracts. But just to get established, you know, again, two, three thousand dollars just to be in business, right? And as if you're and if all they're doing is a tax-free LLC, it can be even less. Not that much less, because you still gotta pay. I'm assuming that right now that they're working with a lawyer like me and an accountant. And that's the best way if they can if the entrepreneur can afford it. It's the safest way. The US is a great market, but we're also very litigious and you don't want to get into litigation up here. You just don't want to have those problems. And you don't want to get caught up because you didn't make a payment or file a form. You're getting some big penalty. It can be a nightmare. So that's the benefit of having a lawyer. Now, I do know that some companies try to do it on their own because there are some excellent technology companies these days that can help with many of the things we've discussed, setting up a company, you know, getting well, I don't know about the tax forms, but at least getting started, you know, getting their tax ID number, even helping with bank accounts. And some of them are, are quite good. So that can reduce costs. But I would just caution. I'm not saying it's not It's for some people, including someone like you, Neil, is very sophisticated. You probably get pretty far that way. So and that's fine. But I do mm-hmm. think to be careful in the U.S. market. That's all. I, last thing I'll say is in terms, well, last thing about this particular point about costs is that, yeah, for the tax-free LLC, because it's the idea of that is you're not going to be doing a physical business in the United States. You're not going to have a dependent person who's like in the United States working. You can, you can have a person who's shuffling paper, right, at a virtual office or something like that. But because it's such a simple entity, 
the costs are much less. So it costs doesn't cost much to set it up, a couple thousand if you're working with professionals. Joe, is it necessary to have an accountant these days in most states or not? Because I know Holland, for example, where I'm from, they stop doing the accountancy requirement. So that saves you a lot of money. They just said, okay, under, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think under half a million dollars in revenue per year, you don't need to have an accountant. Yes, they appreciate it very much, but it's not necessary anymore. There is no, there is no requirement that I'm aware of that you use an accountant. I don't think, I mean, I'm not an accountant. I work with some great firms. I'm not aware of anything like that. But I would just say, so you can, so you can get, you can get started, and you can go into business and all. And so far, you're not working with an accountant, but it's tricky, even for Americans, to do business sometimes without some expert to help you to determine what your, you know, what sort of tax liabilities you're going to run into, um, mm-hmm. what, what sort of documentation of your transactions you're going to need. I mentioned the tax-free LLC. Well, that one you absolutely have to file a form with the IRS in the following year. One of the great things about it is you don't have to file it right away. It's the next year. But mm-hmm. so you really have to do that. Can you do it without an accountant? I suppose I wouldn't. I think it's too important. And there's like, I think there's a $25,000 penalty if you don't, if you don't file it. That's, that's my understanding. So huh. the point is you don't want to run into those problems. If I was a foreigner operating in Colombia. I'd want a good lawyer and a good account to make sure I didn't screw up, especially if I'm operating in a, in a language that isn't my first language, you know, my native tongue. So, yeah, and to be to be fair to your audience, I, I do think that there are there are ways, as I said before, with technology companies to get pretty far along. But just be careful if you set up without any help from a lawyer or an accountant. Just be careful as you start doing business. You just got to you, you could run into some tax issues, especially. And even with the uh, yeah, like the tax free status, you could lose that. Let's assume you you set up an LLC to be a tax free LLC and you want to. Well, if you lose your tax free status, you're, you know, you're going to have to pay some taxes. Yeah. Uh, and, and filing taxes becomes. more. I don't know. It, it can get messy. So you don't want that. Uh huh. So, so yeah. I, I answer your so, question. Oh, I didn't answer your question about the different states. What best place to do it? Everybody hears about Delaware, and that's because Delaware is a great state to incorporate. It's very business friendly, but it's not the only state to do it. And I like Delaware because it's so it's so well recognized internationally that mm-hmm. when you're trying to set up a company, it's relatively easier. When you're trying even trying to get a bank account, you know, online because there are some services that are available now to do that. It's just so they sort of Delaware is like, oh, this person set up in Delaware. I see they're trying to do it the right way. There's something that's a mystique about it. Uh, but Delaware isn't always the best place. Uh, there is There are some taxes, business taxes there. And, you know, what if you need to go to, you need to set up a bank account and actually physically go there? Uh, do you really yeah. want to go? Do you really want to go all the way to Delaware? I mean, it's a boring, I mean, it's relatively boring place to go. It's kind of in the, it's just, and if you're going to be operating in another state, let's say you, you set up your company or incorporated in Delaware, but you're operating in California. You don't think California is going to come after you for some taxes? They are. So you know, again, if you don't, I'm assuming now that it's not a tax-free LLC, 
where it wouldn't matter. But let's assume you're going to go into business physically, you're going to do things. If you start operating in California, California tax authorities are very aggressive. They would go come after you even if you're in Colombia. They can. They can and they often do. I remember I, I lived in California. I went to USC Law School and I lived there for, I don't know how many years, 25, 30 years, something like that. And then I remember when I left, when I left California to go to Florida, they wouldn't let me go. They kept chasing me around for tax money for for years. They wow. just wouldn't let me go. And part of that was my my fault. I didn't there were some things that I could have done to avoid it, but everybody says the same thing that they're just rapacious and they don't they want they don't want to let you go. And right now we have a lot of people leaving California because of the taxes and regulations and I'm sure they're going to discover the same thing that you it's not easy to get rid of them. So, yeah, so different states. California, I would say, unless you really need to be there, you know, you really need to be in Silicon Valley, for example. Uh-huh. It's, it's not a great place to set up if you're small. High taxes, high regulations, everything else. Delaware is excellent for setting up, incorporating. Yeah, once you incorporate in California, they got you. So that's not going to go away anymore. So how about Florida? Because I know... Most places in Latin America have direct flights to Miami or Orlando or boat, actually. So how about you just hop on a flight and you go to Florida and you set up your bank account and your LLC in Florida? Is, are there any benefits of doing that? Yeah, I do. I'm in Florida in part because I do think it's a great place for entrepreneurs from Latin America to set up for various reasons. One of them is that there is the people here who are in business and the banks and everywhere else are accustomed to doing business with Latinos, speak Spanish. You come right in and you know you don't have to worry about any problems with language or customs or anything. It's just easy to start going into business in Florida, mainly referring to Southern Florida, but you know it's, it's just in that sense, it's less of a culture shock. So it's a great choice. Also, Florida is very business friendly, very low tax. By the way, there's no personal income tax here. So when I pay my tax, I just I just pay my federal tax and that's it. And when you have, you know, the LLC, you know, set up in a way that it's passed through to you and individually, you know, if that's what's happening. Like I have LLCs and pass through me, but I don't pay any personal tax through the LLC. Again, coming back to me personally, right? Passes through to me. I don't pay anything in Florida. I don't pay anything to Florida. I just pay my federal tax. That's a great thing. Now there are some there are some other ways. You can, if you have C corps or some business taxes, but those are are not a lot. It's also easy to go into business here. They they make it. Uh, it's very easy to get started. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I love Florida, and I have for a lot of my clients, even if they set up in incorporate in Delaware, for example, or Wyoming, uh-huh. I also set up a a virtual office for them here because it's just such a great place. And also I'm nearby. So if there's ever any problem, I can zip over to, you know, that where they're set up and I can deal with it personally and or, or pick up the mail, something like that. Yes. Yeah, that sort of thing. All right. So, so is it possible? I mean, uh, you're saying like, Hey, avoid California, but let's say it's more about tech, but I can imagine a lot of people listening. They might think about, you know, exporting, let's say something that is being made, let's say furniture in Colombia or something smaller, right? I can't really think about something, but there's a lot of like things getting made in Colombia that you might want to export to the US. So 
let's say somebody wanted to reach out to you and their plan was to, let's say, export furniture that got made in Colombia, right? Beautiful wooden furniture. Um, yeah. And they saw it on Amazon and they have no idea where their clients are going to be. They're going to be all over the US. They have somebody, you know, package it in, in Florida and that's their only, let's say the aunt who happens to live in the US is, is packaging it and shipping it to Amazon. Is there a specific requirement to go in a specific state just to make sure that people don't make the, you know, the mistake of incorporating in California and then figuring out that wasn't the best idea there. Is, are you completely free of incorporating in such, you know, in this situation? Yeah, yeah I, think I, I think I understand. I don't think it matters. I think you have a lot of freedom to choose the best place to incorporate to, and, and where you incorporate doesn't have to be even where your headquarters is, where you're really doing physically doing business. So lots of freedom there. I don't want to be too hard on California. I, I had a great years there. I just, and I have a client who it's a athletic company, meaning they sell, it's a service. What are they? I don't want to reveal who they are, but they're doing really, really well selling a type of a workout and everything related to it. All right. And because California is so associated with fitness and being outside and that lifestyle, it made mm -hmm. sense for them. It made sense for them to just suck it up and be there because All it's right. with the networking. So for some companies, it does make sense. And maybe that's where the buyers are, like you said. So that's fine. So, yeah, I think that they just have to look at, I think you want to set up, if I was a foreign entrepreneur, I'd want to look at a, a low tax state. If I wasn't doing a tax-free LLC, let's leave that aside because that's a different kind of thing, right? There's no taxes. Uh -huh. uh, but if I'm going to go to a state and actually do physical business, yeah, I want to be in a low tax state that's very business friendly. And I think the, the states that people talk about are uh, Delaware, Wyoming, Nevada, uh -huh. Texas, and Florida. And there are some others, some of these other states that I, I haven't dealt with so much like in the Dakotas and places like that, that uh, you just look, you know, they're not hard to find. You can do a search and find out where the taxes are low. But, and then other states you kind of want to avoid. And that's the states that everybody talks about, like, you know, California and, and, and New York and New Jersey with really, really high taxes. But right. like I said, there can be a reason, there can be a reason that it makes sense to go there. And one, one, one quick point about Amazon, since you mentioned it, this came up recently. Somebody was asking about, the tax-free LLC option, if they're going to be selling through Amazon, are they then considered to be doing business physically, like doing business in the United States because Amazon's helping them? And I talked with, again, I'm not an accountant, but I talked with my, my friends, my associates who, who helped me. And it apparently it works like this. It's The problem isn't so much Amazon because Amazon works with what millions of different, you know, Companies are not, they're not just working for you. They're not, you're, they're not dependent on you in any way. The problem is that it depends in large part on where the products are shipped from. If you mentioned an example where they're being, products are being shipped and this furniture from Colombia to the States. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's a Colombian business. But if you ship them to Amazon and then Amazon is in charge of, through their fulfillment service of doing packaging and then shipping it out. Uh-huh then it can be considered potentially a U.S. business. And some of the laws, the tax laws here are a little vague, but the point is you they run a risk of losing the tax-free status if the products are being shipped, 
hmm. you know, packaged and shipped from Amazon to the customers instead of you know skipping over them. So there you go. Ah, so there you have it. So, but this is specific to you know FBA businesses like people getting stuff. I mean, in my example from Colombia, but could be anywhere, and you know shipping them on Amazon, which I think maybe some people do actually. I would say. People, you know, sell stuff from Colombia and they, you know, I've seen coffee, for example, that I've seen in, in Colombia also on Amazon. So there's got to be some people that are in that business. So basically you're saying if you're in the service business, like, you know, as I mentioned, marketing or web development, set up an LLC, like you're fine. It's got to be tax free. Get a good lawyer, get a good accountant, and you should be fine in terms of taxes. If you do actually like physically do business in a state, it's getting more difficult, right? I mean, you're going to have That's right. more taxes, you're going to have more costs. So, I mean, so in case of Amazon, I mean, I, I'm sure that there's different ways, but I can imagine a lot of people are, are interested in that. And I, I would say in order for you to avoid it, like a lot of issues, I think you're saying like, hey, if you want to sleep at night, please do get an, a good lawyer with understanding of this and a good accountant. Because this is, I mean, otherwise, instead of you paying maybe a few thousand dollars, it's going to be $25,000 in the fine here. And, you know, like maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on the size of the operation that could have been avoided by not being so frugal in the beginning. That's yep. what I hear. Well, let me just add one thing to the, my comments on Amazon, because I don't want to be, I want to be clear. It's a gray area, right? So some companies may be doing this. Let's say they set up a tax-free LLC and, and they're working through Amazon, or maybe they don't even have an LLC. They're just dealing with Amazon and they're not paying any taxes any U.S. taxes, and that's just the way it's gone so far. Well, okay. But what I'm hearing, and again, it's a tax issue. What I'm hearing is it's a gray area when you start relying on Amazon fulfillment mm -hmm. to do the shipping. It's really a question of where the products are, where the transaction is occurring. So they're shipping it from there, preparing it, shipping it. That's a gray area that could result in some tax liability depending on how it goes. I mean, really, it's, um, you know, it's, I guess, in some ways, case by case. Uh -huh. So maybe nothing will happen, but maybe it will. And that's what I'm learning. But on the other hand, if they're, you know, using Amazon to, for advertising and then someone buys the product and then it's shipped from Columbia or somewhere else, that's a much, much better case, much, much safer case that you can make that there's no business actually occurring in the United States. Uh -huh. So it depends again it's a case by case situation as you say and therefore it's it's probably good to get some legal advice at at some point you're saying on that one on the on the amazon issue accounting advice i would say now i can i i just got an inquiry about this the other day i was able to relay the information through my accounting friends but uh yeah i, I as i as i learn more and more about it i become more of an expert in it but i don't claim to be an accountant so i i go to the accountants for that i think okay that's what people should do yeah so i mean just to touch base a little bit more on the incorporation states i mean we hear indeed all about delaware what if you're you know in any area service area where you have an app or you're doing something in ai or bitcoin whatever 
and you you need to have investment, right? What state would you go to? Because I know that most of the VCs at least have an office in California, but you're saying avoid California. So is it Delaware or Wyoming or Florida? What what state would you there? I would say avoid California unless it's a situation like you just brought up, and that is where they really need to be networked in in that world, and it's worth it because they're. If that's the case, if that's where they need to be, and that's where they're going to be doing business, you know, I can see a case for just going ahead and set, going ahead and setting up there because, what, you know, it's possible to end up paying taxes in two different places, and in the states, two different states. Uh-huh. So if you know, for example, like my clients, they knew they're going to their business is going to be really California based. Their contacts, their business, they're like, you know what? Let's just set up here. Let's move our company here, our corporation. This is where our office is going to be, and it's all California. I have another client like that, too, in the fashion business. It's just worth it. So that can happen. It depends on the nature of the business. But if you don't need to be there, uh, then I just think other states are much less, much lower taxes, much better. It's a better tax deal for your company and for you personally if there's any pass-through. And Florida is great. Nevada is great. Again, privacy issues. I would say one thing, the problem with Florida, I, I, I love Florida, I'm here, is that you don't get as much privacy. So when you set up these companies, they're going to reveal who the owners are. In it's going to be public information. You mean? Florida, yeah. Oh. Public information. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's sometimes people don't like that. I do, I do trademark work as well. And and that's another example. That's a federal thing. But, um, well, let's not go there. But the point is, is talking about privacy. Uh, Florida has an issue with that. Um, Delaware, you don't get that. Wyoming, you're, you're, it's all considered private. So, well, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I just, Texas is a good state, again, for taxes. But what I see mostly these days is interest in Delaware, Florida, Nevada, and increasingly Wyoming, because people were finding out it's it's like really cheap to do business there. Okay, and it's a, it's kind of a nice state. So that's those are the ones that I'm seeing the most of these days. All right. So, Joe, first of all, thank you for providing us with answers. Uh, I mean, we touched base a few examples like tech and services businesses, as well as Amazon. If people, you know are listening and they're like, look, I mean, I really, really want to get my specific example out there. I, can you just call up a lawyer? Are you able to take a call for a little bit of time to hear the specific situation? I mean, I, I can imagine we didn't touch base all of the uh, examples there. And, and how do you go from, you know, like getting the first call to setting up the LLC? Can they just, call you up and do they need to make a meeting? How does that work? Does it cost money from the first second or how would that work? Sort of when, when do you uh, charge normally as a lawyer? Yep. Well, I offer a free initial consultation and the way that people normally do that is they just go to my website. My law firm is called Bovino law group. Bovino is my last name, Bovino law group and it's bovinolawgroup.com. Okay, I'll get and, it out in the uh, in the show notes on our website as well. Great, and they can just click a button, and there's my calendar there, and they schedule a, a initial consultation with me. It says 20 minutes, but it often goes longer, and I just provide as much information as I can 
sometimes I follow up with some, some emails to, to cover some additional things, but yeah, that's the way it, that's the best way to work it. If someone wants to call me, I think my number's on the website too. I just prefer to have them go ahead and schedule a call. It's easier for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you, Joe. And uh, I'd like to invite you uh, next time where we hopefully touch base on the trademark issues and when and where you need to file your trademarks. I hope to get you on the next show uh, one day as well. Thanks, Neil. It's been a pleasure, man. Thank you, Joe. This was really informative. I would say in addition to a good lawyer, you will need a great accountant. And I think you can actually rely on Joe's network to find you a good accountant in addition to a lawyer. So head over to bovinolawgroup.com and he will help you out further. Prices are, I think, reasonable. If you're starting out, of course, every dollar counts, but having good legal advice is very important.